Hello, listeners. Are you a geek? Do you like podcasts? If you answered yes, then come on down and listen to Geek Wars, a trivia game show podcast where 12 teams will compete to prove once and for all who is the greatest geeks of them all. Come play along as our competitors struggle to answer questions like which villain is known as the world eater? I have an idea, but I don't think it's right. What is the first ever created Pokemon? Oh, I literally have no idea. What is the name of the blaster that was made famous by the smuggler Han Solo? Gosh, I got, I'm drawing blanks here. Season 1 has players from Battle Bars, Cypherspeak, DMnastics, Going in Blind, Lining Up Pod, Magic Item Review, Party of One, The RPG Academy, Sneak Attack, We're So Bad at Adventuring, Whelmed, The Young Justice Files, Zeros Talking Heroes, and more. So what are you waiting for? Download and listen to Season 1, and be prepared, because Season 2 is coming. Thanks for listening, and now, enjoy the show. Hello friends, this is Taylor, and I run Game Closet, a podcast on the RPG Academy Network, and I'm here to talk to you about the Nerdency. TheNerdency.com. That's T-H-E-N-E-R-D-G-E-N-C-Y.com. A digital design and development agency built with the power of nerds. Check it out. People with a lot of free time. There we go. All right, I've hit the big green button. Again, there's about a five-second delay. So by now, we should be live. So hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael, and tonight I have with me a very special guest co-host from uh, Shadow of the Cabal podcast, uh, Dakota. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Michael. It's good to be back. I don't think I've done a faculty meeting before. I don't think so. You were part of our trial masks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think and we, then, uh, we were scheduled to do another episode, and then I had to cancel because I had the plague. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last week, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the only ones. Um, so for in oh, case, Dragon, Dragons Conquer America. That was the other Oh, yeah, that's the, yeah. That was very sort of short-lived. <laughs> uh, Targris is welcome, or here with us. Welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. I was a little... I'm not concerned. I was interested on how many people we might actually have with us tonight, it being the holiday and all. Uh, but we got Tana Claus and uh, New York Tater. So we've got three people so far. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. So uh, Shadow of the Cabal, big milestone hit recently, yeah. right? We uh, we finished up the first story that we're doing. Uh, it was 47 episodes, I think, is what we finished on. Um, yeah, it was fun. Great finale. Everyone really seemed to love it. So, um, yeah, good time. Very cool. I will admit I am behind. Uh, it's the podcaster's curse, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Always behind on someone else's podcast. So, so far behind. Uh, so I don't, and I, and I've been pretty spoiler free. Like I don't really know what's going on. So I will eventually get to all of them and I will be. There's some good, good uh, twists and turns. (laughs) Well, of course. I mean, you're part of the Academy. You got to have quality, right? Uh, so Targus uh, said that uh, they did their um, 
Valentine stuff earlier, so now they're free. They're, there's too stuffed to move. Uh, I'm doing mine tomorrow. We're going to go out to dinner and then to go see the Black Panther, which I'm super, super excited for. It uh, looks like we actually have someone joining us from Periscope. I'm totally ignorant on how Periscope works, but I just got the little icon popped up. So no idea how that works. If you can so communicate the fan on Periscope, thank you. Thank you very much. If there's any way for you to communicate with us, like say hello, please do. Um, but otherwise, we'll kind of move on. <clears throat> so a um, couple things I want to talk about before we get started. Um, I got this today. Oh. What's Ooh, this? It's the D&D Rule Cyclopedia. Oh, I, I actually don't know what this yeah, is. Yeah, people older than like 30 might know what this is. This came out, I think, in like the 80s. Um, and it, it combined a lot of the older rule sets. Some of them were cleaned up. So it's like basic D&D. And it's, mm-hmm. this, it's like all the different rules from all the different sets put together. It's got rules um, on like the setting, which I think was Mistara or Mistra. Uh, and it's just, I mean, it's something that I had the original one of these, again, I bought it off the shelf back when I was in college. And then when I got out of role-playing games, I just got rid of it. I mean, I got rid of all my stuff for a while. And then it turned out these things are really freaking expensive. If you go on eBay or Craigslist or whatever, they're like 70, 80 bucks for a copy of these. Uh, and they just recently reprinted them on drive-thru where you can actually get a, a hardbound copy. So it's like 30 bucks. Oh, wait, it can't be that. Uh, yeah, I'm super, super excited about it. I think because uh, we just started playing games with the kids. Mm-hmm. I think I might run this for my kids game. I don't know yet because there might be some nostalgia there. When I actually start playing, it may not be. As, rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, uh, but I'm really excited about it. I think it's really cool. And uh, I'm actually thinking we don't do a lot of giveaways. We, we have in the past tried a few, but we, to be honest, we never have a lot of luck with them. But I thought that maybe I might give one of these away as a as a giveaway of some sort, but I don't know what we're going to tie it to yet. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then we actually have a sponsor for tonight's show. I want to give them a little bit of a quick shout out. Um, have you ever heard of Quiver Time? Are no, I can't say I have. So they make these, they're called Quivers, and it's basically a card carrying case. Oh. Uh, they sent us a whole bunch of these for Catacon. I think we got six of them that we gave away. I kept one because I thought they were really cool. Uh, and they really also are. Also the perks. They, exactly. They are really cool. And and they're more for like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon or, you know, collectible card games like where you're going to go to a tournament, to a game store. Right. And you essentially you can put all your cards in here, throw it over your back like a quiver and carry it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use mine for my color-coded sleeves. Because oh. you know, I, I expected Dragonfire. Uh, well, see, Dragonfire is actually up there. It, it wouldn't fit uh, properly. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I color code all my games by sleeve type, so I'll put all my different colored sleeves in there. Hmm. Uh, they're really cool. I'm not going to go like too much more in there, but if anybody's interested, if you play a lot of Magic Good Gather... quality Pokemon, leather and everything. It, yeah, it's cool. Carry strap. It comes with some sleeves and some little dividers and stuff, so it's definitely Michael, very cool. Where can someone find Quiver at? Actually, through Amazon. Probably. And if you go through our website first, we get a small percentage of, of uh, what you buy there. So consider Which that. Which website is that? That would be Amazon.com. But if you go through the RPGacademy.com, click on the Amazon affiliate link, and then just shop as usual. Anything you buy, we get a small percentage. Hey, yeah. Helps out, Michael. So, you know. Yeah, we got uh, we got some things coming up. But I'll I'll stop for a minute. What have you been up to besides finishing the Shadow of the Cabal? Um, right now, I'm, you know work life but otherwise uh we're slowly starting to figure out what we're going to do in our off time and then what we're going to do when we start up our next set of stories so um i'm going to just probably run maybe one or two games in the off time if uh they turn out well but uh 
in like six months, we're planning to start up again. Uh, I'm going to try and run something for a campaign for the oh. first time. Oh, very, very cool. Look forward to hearing more about that. Um, for me, I've been talking about it on Twitter. I was, again, I was sick last week. We had to cancel the show that we yeah. had planned and uh, I ended up taking off work. I just stayed home over the weekend and someone suggested that I tried this, the new, the, I'll say the new show. It's in his third season, Magicians. Yep. I uh, had never knew anything about it. Didn't know what was going on. Uh, started binging it, got through the entire first season. I'm a little over halfway through the second season. I'm really liking it. It's a really cool show. I mean, it's a it's a TV show, so there's a few things about it that are dumb. But uh, I'm actually very happy, very engaged. Uh, it, it ends its shows a lot of times in what I would consider weird ways. That's a, an urban fantasy sort of story, right? Yeah, it's sort of like I, I've heard other people call it it's like the adult Harry Potter uh, it's got more adult themes. Like they say the F word and they have sex all the times. Uh, but basically there's like a hidden magical world. Muggles don't know anything about it. And if you're chosen, you get to go to school there and then somebody's trying to kill people, you know? So there's definitely some parallels, but, well, you do. uh, but there, there's some really cool aspects of the show. I guess they're, they're based on books that were bestsellers. Uh, mm -hmm. the world building is very cool, but, uh, the thing that keeps getting me, it's like, uh, like the, the end of a good book. Like, or like, sorry, the end of a chapter in a good book, it always makes you want to start the next chapter. Mm -hmm. And that's the way these shows end. Like, they don't always, yeah. like, wrap up to a point that makes sense. It's just like, it'll just, sometimes it'll just stop almost like in the middle of a sentence. And then you're like, what? And so you have to go to the next one. And then much like, like RPGs, a lot of times they will then jump forward and to, then come back to it. Well, not even that. They'll just get past oh. the aftermath. Like, you know, it'll end with like, you know, four people dead and everybody's standing there. You know, the battle's over. Everybody's wounded. And then the next scene, the next episode Glad starts like two weeks later when they're talking about, I can't believe Devin died, you know. Um, so it's just kind of weird, like an RPG where they skip the boring stuff. Like there's like, well, we just had the battle, but now let's skip to the next cool thing. Uh, Ginger Reckoning says that it's like a weird Narnia slash Harry Potter crossover for adults. Yeah, there's definitely some Narnia stuff in there too. Again, it would, t I would this whole show will become the magicians, but there's a, a Narnia equivalent uh, that the characters go to, but it's, yeah, it's worth sure. watching. It's on, yes, second season is definitely better. First season was good, but it got a lot better in the second season. But if you don't have the first season, I don't think the second season works as well. Like you got to have some time yeah, with the you characters. Have to have that background. Yeah, but definitely it's, I think it's 10, 10 or 13 episodes. Definitely worth binging on Netflix. Uh, I'm going to get through the second uh, season probably this week. And then the third season's currently airing on sci fi. Mm. So I'll have to go dig that up. Okay, cool. All right. So anything else? Any other announcements before we get into the um, actual show? If, if we're on talking about TV, uh, I just started Altered Carbon a few days ago. I haven't gotten too far in it, but I love uh, the themes and everything in that. It's very hard sci-fi. Uh, one of my favorite sci-fi uh, settings draws a lot from the books, which I haven't read. Uh, but great, interesting, hard sci-fi show. Definitely worth checking out, at least for the first episode that I've watched so far. All right. Um, I've also, uh, yeah, Michael from the Redemption podcast uh, mm -hmm. recommended. That's what he recommended when I was asking for recommendations, but I chose to go with Magicians first. But that is definitely on uh, on the short list for other things I want to check out as well. <clears throat> and then I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention a Catacon once. Oh. I think I'm contractually obligated at this point, which I write the contract, so that doesn't make any sense. Um, 
But our yeah, our Kickstarter for Catacon goes live on March 14th. We're going to do it during a live show, just like this one. So around 9.15, I'm going to hit the big green button. And I'm hoping by like 9.16, we've already funded. <laughs> that, that would be great. It would make me very happy. Because uh, if not, I will be pulling my hair out for the next three and a half weeks. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And then, we'll have people standing by on the phones. <laughs> yes. We, so take your donations. We take your donations. Absolutely. I was going back over the numbers today, working on the Kickstarter video and some silly stuff like that. But basically it's done. I just got to wait for the day to hit the button. Are you going to do it like a timeshare? You know, come in. Hi there. <laughs> uh, no, not quite. Um, no. I have some funny stories about timeshares. When I first got married, we were, I mean, crazy poor. We were both in college. We had no money. And then we, um, so we went on vacation when the only way we went is we signed up for like four, maybe even five of those timeshare demos. Cause everyone you signed up for, you got something free. Right. So we got like the, the trip there was free. We got like one night in a hotel free and just, we just kept going to all these things and we were poor college students. And one of them, it, literally we walked in or that, you know, there was like a waiting room and they walked out to get us and they looked at us and they're like, you can go. Like they knew they weren't going to get anything from us, but the, all the other four hardcore selling. It was crazy. Uh, but I actually own a timeshare now, but you know, 25 years later. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to keep up with the chat too. Some people are talking about uh, some other things going on, altered carbon, uh, catacon. Uh, so well, no, that's still secret. I can't say that yet. Uh, no. Yeah. So the Kickstarter, March 14th, Eventbrite, August. A month from now. A month from now. August 1st is when the Eventbrite store will go open. And we are looking at a semi-connected something on May 18th, 19th, or and or 20th. Stay tuned for more information about that. Perfect. When is the Catacon this year? It's going to be November 9th, 10th, and 11th. Same weekends, Veteran Day weekend, back in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, pretty much everything's going to be the same as last year. There's, the badges went up a little bit to try to help us cover some of the costs. Uh, and then we rented one other room. So it's not as big as the big room, but it's bigger than the other side rooms. And that's where all the open play is going to be. So open play will be in its own room. The game library will be in there. So it'll all be kind of self-contained and give mm -hmm. us more room in the main gaming room for scheduled events. So that's, oh. that's really the only big change. So with all of that out of the way, we're going to get into tonight's show proper. This is faculty meeting 124. We're going to talk about love, relationships, sex, and uh, role-playing games. But before we do that, we always like to take a step back and talk about why we're here. So tonight, Dakota and I are going to talk about uh, our experiences with role-playing games. And we hope that through this conversation, we might share some of the experience we've gleaned from our many years of playing role role-playing games, tabletop RPGs. Uh, but we understand that the advice we give and the opinions we share may not work at every table every time, but there is one piece of advice that we do feel is pretty universal. And Dakota, what is that one piece of advice? If you're having fun, you're doing it right. That is correct. So no matter what game you're playing, which system or edition, what rules you use, don't use, or misuse, as long as you're having fun at your table, that's all that matters. Yes. So with that out of the way, uh, Originally, we were going to do a different topic. We were yeah. going back and forth when we were going to do this last week. Um, and then we were going to do that same topic until a few hours ago. Where I'm like, you know, yeah. it's, it's Valentine's Day. Why don't we talk about something Valentine's-y? Yeah. Uh, Massacres. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's that the guy who kills people. Um, yeah. like but isn't, isn't there like a beheading myth or legend associated uh, with St. Valentine's Day? No, I was talking about the St. Valentine's Massacre yeah, like, in Chicago. Like the gangster thing. But but yeah, isn't there yeah. also like the actual like myth? Of, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's beheading or something. I, I'm not Catholic, so I yeah. don't quite know what the uh, 
Sorry, I was seeing what chat was up to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't quite know what, uh, I don't know my saints. So yeah, I don't either. Uh, so anyways, we decided to talk about that instead. Um, and then it, I guess fortuitous, cause I didn't know this, but you have some fairly recent experience with this in yeah. the shadow of the cabal game yeah. where a couple of the characters were in an actual relationship. So yeah. I'll just start kind of a big picture. What kind of experiences have you had as either a player or a game master in situations where characters in the game, NPCs or PCs are evolved emotionally or physically, uh, with other characters or other NPCs? Sure. Um, I guess the, the first thing I'd like to talk about first was sort of the, the preamble to all this is that um, I think you're aware of lines and veils, I think is the, mm-hmm. the correct term. Um, for those that aren't aware, it's, you know, setting a hard line or fading to black. It's the short and brief concept of it. Um, I'm going to talk more about that probably later. Um, but from my experiences, I really haven't done much. I've only been in RPGs for five to eight years, not super long, but, uh, you know, early games, not really much to them other than, you know, hack and slash and loot the, uh, the bodies. But, uh, you know, recently, uh, Shadow of the Cabal, you know, I've, I had, uh, three dates for my character, uh, that were kind of sprung on me. And, um, prior to that, I was, all right with you know romance and dating things like that at the table but i think it's another thing for when you're doing it for air and for people you know it's like plays and things like that it's there's a certain amount of amper i can't talk apprehension towards uh those topics for air i feel um but i kind of warmed up to it and i i think most people rather enjoyed how those things turned out. So, uh, yeah, no, it, I, I think it was good. And I think those are good topics to explore if uh, you all kind of agree to it, you know, sort of uh, talk with your other players and GM. What about you, Michael? Uh, so I, I've mentioned somewhat before, uh, for the longest time, I always play with the same people. Like, you know, I've only been in the wider world of role-playing games since the podcast started. Uh, until then, it was always just me and my friends, you know, at my house, that kind of thing. So very secluded. And I don't have the most mature friends. Uh, the the people that I play with now on the podcast are not the same people that I started playing with when I was a kid. And I, I played all through you know, grade school, high school, and college. Uh, so we would not always approach things with a delicate hand. And I talked about how I don't like for people to play cross-gendered characters because I had terrible experiences with that. Like, you know, right. whenever one of my friends wanted to play a, a female in the game, it was not to explore how a female would live in that world. It was because they wanted to hump everything in the game because they thought that they would give them some kind right. of advantage. Uh, so I had a very, you know, poor opinion of that. But it was not because of that is a bad thing to do, but because the people I was doing it with were doing right. it poorly. Now that I've gotten a little bit older, I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm playing a cross-gendered character in Rod Iron, and Army is probably one of the favorite characters I've ever played. I absolutely love her as a character. Yeah. And I got to the point where it's just another way to explore the game. I mean, I'm not actually a dwarf either, but I can pretend to be one for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of feel the same way about relationships, that in the past when people would, would do them, it was never additive. It was always just right. like, oh, yeah, okay, fine. You guys go hump in the corner. We're going to get on to the adventure. But now that, again, older 
wiser, a little bit more comfortable, I, I, I think it could add to the game. And then specifically, you and I had a situation. We played masks together. Yeah, I was going to bring this up at some point. And uh, it was set up in the in the outset where our character was required through your character to, to have some sort of relationship yeah. with. I think it was with you or with someone else. No, it was it was with me specifically yeah. with you. And yep. then you had the option of just determining if it was, uh, you know, ex- reciprocated, reciprocated yeah. or not. Uh, both of our characters were female within the game, so we basically. Yep were in that type of relationship or I wanted to be, you didn't because yeah. your character actually was like a different part. Cause it's the, you know, that's the type uh, of game it was. Yeah. No. And I think part of that was dictated by the background that, um, Brendan provided to us yeah. and, uh, just the way I read it and sort of how I saw the character. It's not a, re- a person that wants a relationship at this point in their life. So, you know, they kind of actively shunned sort you know, the advances of Toro. Toro. Yes. Um, but I think that that, that dynamic, not just my character wanting to, you know, be romantically linked to you, but also the fact that you kind of didn't. And there was another character who was a male oh, yeah. who, who kind of was like, sort of like a triangle. I thought that really added to the game. I think the yeah, game no. would have been poorer for not having that. I would agree. It, it turned out really well. I think, um, was that, Taylor's Taylor's character, the beacon. Yes. Yes. Yep. So, so every time I turned around, somehow you oh, two were together. Right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I remember now. Yeah. So it, it again, I thought it worked out really well. I thought it added a lot to the story, and I'm glad that was included. But kind of what you were saying earlier, and everyone prepare your cups. Session zero is a yeah. very good time to set those ground rules that. You know, are we going to have those types of relationships in the game? Because it's okay to say no. Yeah. We're just not going to deal with it. The same like if you are we going to have you torture? Have to communicate these things though. Absolutely. If you're starting a new campaign with new players, you don't already have a comfort level. Setting those rules out and like sure everyone, like you said, the lines. Setting those lines. Yeah. So you know, at this point, I also I don't like to have torture. In yep. the game, like when I was younger, my characters would do terrible, terrible things to a goblin, and mm. and now we're like, okay, you interrogate the goblin. This is what you find out. It's like a TV show where you know they throw a few punches and they cut to black and they come back and they you know have that information or right. It's it's the veil concept of lines and veils. Mm. And so. uh, and I just think that's a better way of handling it. Now, if yeah. everyone at the table is fine with it, I mean, yeah. Some people enjoy movies, you know, like what was that movie? Casino oh. Royale. No, well, that one's pretty bad too. No, is um, oh crap. It, it, it kind of the it was called torture porn. Jaw, oh. uh, saw. Not that one, but similar. It came out around the same time. Uh, it was, Human centipede. I, no, at this point, I I don't know. It, the fact that there's too many makes that it's sad. <laughs> but the idea was that these Americans, uh, I think, hostile. Yep, that was it. I got it with Targus. So it's uh, these American kids were over in a European country. They get abducted and then basically get the tortured to bejesus out of them. Uh, mm. People enjoyed that movie for some god knows reason. So if your table wants to explore that fine but you need to make sure everyone at the table is okay with that and you can't and just if, assume. if someone's coming in you should also explain it then because if those rules are pre-established and the person coming in has no idea you know you should make them aware of you know we have these sort of set things and 
you need to be aware of them before you come to the table. And if that's not your cup of tea, you know, we understand, right? Yep. Uh, and I also would say that just, in, especially with something like that, that could be very sensitive, don't just assume everyone's okay just because right. no one actively says no. You very well could have a peer pressure situation where one person mm -hmm. really doesn't want to do that, but everyone else seems to. So they're kind of like, I guess, but then they, they're very uncomfortable during the game. Well, you uh, do like an anonymous survey, send one out something. to each player. Yeah. Whatever works for you and for your group, but absolutely, yeah. that's something that needs to be established ahead of time. Uh, I know we've talked on this podcast several times about my, one of the first games I played with Evan, and we talked about this several times back in the old uh, Dungeon Talks, where... Um, I was playing a module or based off of a module and it, in the, the text of the module, there was an NPC who had a, a fascination with tieflings okay. and Evan was really, really new to role playing games. So not played much at all was playing a tiefling. So I went with the fact that she was, the NPC was infatuated. He was playing one. So I started to role play out a situation where she showed interest in him and my mind was that you were used to this, right? I was used to it, and I, and I knew what was going to happen. I was the DM. I I thought they would go up to the room, and then fade to black. You know, and we'd right. be the next day. That was that was it. But Evan the put the boots on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but Evan thought that the that she must have been interested for a story reason. So he mm -hmm. kept trying to try to pull out like, why are we here? Like, is she trying to tell me something? The spy thriller esque something expectation. And, and so it's like she's laying on the bed. Then he checks under the bed. It's kind of like that a Temple of Doom scene where you know Indy's looking for the secret passage, and she, and she's just like, "Why aren't we doing this?" So he kept kind of drawing it out because he kept waiting for me to give him something in the game that made sense, right. and, and I just kept going like, "Why are we doing this?" And it was terrible. It was awkward. Uh, it turned out to be funny. I mean, Evan and I are, are okay with it, but that was something where we did not establish ground rules, and we just were not on the same page. Right. And and it, and it could have been. Very awkward. It, it turned out to be funny awkward. Yeah. Targus says we need a, an adventure hour based on <clears throat> Temple of the Doom. It's like the worst. Of the, well, actually, no, Crystal it's Skull. Not it's not the worst. Let's, let's be clear here. It's okay. not the worst. Crystal Skull is here. Temple of Doom is here. And all the others are like way up here. Yeah. Um, but you, you could probably take it and and use some of it. Oh, yeah, for a basis. I actually get funny story. I was at dinner the other night with my kids and just out of nowhere, my youngest Jacob looks over at his older brother and goes, Kalima! And like just, and then he pretended to rip out his heart and eat it. We're like, what the just happened? <laughs> what is going on? So, uh, yeah, we've seen that movie a couple times. In moments. Yes. So, obviously, sex specifically could be a touchy subject. Right. Um, and it's something, again, and I've been in games that went really poorly where PCs would want to have sex with NPCs, you know, like, yeah. is there a barmaid or a, a tavern wench or a bartender or an urchin, whatever, bard, you know, they want to do dock boots or whatever. Um, and it's always just sort of like, okay, fade to black, move on. We don't, we don't need to get into the details of it, but there's more to those relationships than just having sex. Right. You know, have you had a situation where there was just like a romance or an emotional connection that right. wasn't necessarily physical? How did you role play out like the courtship where you're you're flirting or you're just, you know, you, you have a strong emotional connection that could be emotional as a player? Have you had those situations where yeah. you've role played that out? 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a sexual relationship necessarily. You can have those sort of strong emotional ties to NPCs. And it's much the same thing in my mind that um, if you're attached to an NPC, you've made those connections and, you know, you start to explore them on like friendly terms. And, you know, that obviously can go one way or another. Um, Obviously, it can develop into a, you know, a physical relationship or you could have a character that doesn't want physical relationship and they're just strictly there for those um uh, the terms slipping from my mind um you know it's just the the relationship of having a friend or you know someone close to again going back to our mess game i think that's where you have the potential for a good dynamic is where it's not on equal footing one yeah. one person wants more of a relationship. Uh, yeah, exactly. More from than the other one. Uh, and I think if you have two PCs, you know, again, comfort level between those two. I think we talked about it before we even started recording as well. So mm-hmm. you and I were on the same page before we even started playing. Yeah. And again, and Brendan set it up that way. You know, he was like, are you okay with this? Yeah. And then I asked you, are you okay with this? And that's where we kind of came up with the the dynamics. But everyone was on board before we actually started playing the game. Um, Yeah, I I thought it added quite a lot. Yeah. Now, my experience in the past, and and again, I was a terrible DM for a very long time. I think I'm kind of good now. I was terrible for a very long time. The only reason I ever introduced an NPC was so you would grow to like them so that I could mm-hmm. kill them. Kill them off. Yeah. yeah I mean, th- th- they're there to be put in danger. Like, that was the only thing I could think of for an NPC. So if you have a character who's wanting to start a, an emotional relationship with an NPC, either that is their death sentence. Yeah. Or it becomes sort of a drag of, okay, we you know we want to go on this adventure but, but we want to hang out with these people instead of going on the adventure. Right. So you know, are we playing D&D where you go kill monsters or are we going to play this game? You know, we, There are other games like that we could be playing uh, where we explore these relationships. But if you're not going to do that, then it's just sort of a drag on the type of game that you want to play. I think that goes back to that session zero with how much time are we going to dedicate to this versus the other in the type of game we want to run. Yeah, no, I, I think you definitely have to establish what you want from the game, you know, what themes, what concepts you want to explore. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, take Legend of the Five Rings, for example, since it's the only thing I can really draw on at the moment. Um, you can go out, you can fight things, but half the setting is court political affairs, you know, that social interaction and you have these moments where, yeah, you could go out and fight bandits, but you could also spend three sessions in a court session, you know, going through the machinations of, you know, an evil lord or uh, his advisor and the motley crew of NPCs that spring up around a situation like that. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of communicating what your expectations are and what your players' expectations are and you know, kind of meeting in the middle at the very least, right? Yeah, I um, I got a couple of thoughts running through my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so one that I want to say is um, Quinn and I from Swallows in the South have, right. have been talking recently about we want to do an episode 
about presenting the game for an audience? Like, how does that change from a player standpoint or from a DM standpoint? Oh, um, and then, you know, Tanner had jumped in. He obviously has some ideas for this as well. So we're still working out the details on how that episode's going to look. But I've been thinking about that. And the short version of this very long story is that I now feel like what we do for the for the show is the same thing I would now do for a regular game because I think right. it's so valuable where we do say, okay, what type of game are we playing? What are the things we want to explore? How do we want this game to feel? And I don't see any reason why I would not do that for any game, whether there's microphones involved or not, because I right. think it's no, made the it's, games it's better. But it's something I never would have done before because it's always sort of like, well, I really want to try to get this game. And if I don't get there, I don't get there. But it was never like, let's get everybody on board with that type of game before we start. You know, get yeah. everybody on the same train rather than five just, people trying to do five separate things or just saying, hey, let, let's all meet in San Francisco at seven o'clock. Yeah. Figure it out versus let's all get on this train. Let's all go together. I yeah. just think it makes so much more sense just to do that anyway. But I would not have done that if I hadn't went through the experience of, of working on the show. Yeah, I think so. And um, actually, one of the things I initially asked you about as far as the sort of faculty meeting was uh, I'm planning to run a game. And I was going to ask you, what advice would you have to running a game on air? So that, I think that kind of ties back to that. And I don't want to get too far into that because we're, we're yeah. going to do a full other episode. But there's definitely – I think there's a lot of – of good information and, that could be mined there that would be beneficial, not just to people podcasting, but in general. Yeah. So, and since we're on the topic, uh, session zero, yeah. uh, sexuality and everything else that goes along with it, relationships, talk to your players, you know, get on the same page about it. Yes. The, the best way to handle it, I, I would say. So, yeah, because some people totally cool with whatever, other people not so much. Whatever your opinion is, is your opinion. But everyone at the table needs to be on the same page, because uh, if not, then that's again you're setting yourself up for some awkward situations, probably possibly some hurt feelings and ended friendships if there's a misunderstanding of about what's okay, what's not, and how it will be perceived. Yes, and uh, Hit People Guy has a what are you willing to do in a game versus what are you willing to do in a game with people watching it would be an interesting thought for me. Is what you suggest? Yeah, and that's uh, it's one of those things where. The jokes that I tell in my friend circle may not be the same jokes I would tell on national TV. Right. And whether that speaks good or ill of someone, I think many people would say the same thing. That's why you have so many people that are like, oh, I didn't know that was going to be heard by a billion people. Now I'm really upset. Right. But I didn't care if my friends heard that because that's how me and my friends talk. Um so absolutely, when, when you know there's an, an audience uh, and a mixed audience that could be from multiple countries, nationalities, religions, backgrounds, backgrounds socioeconomic, yeah. then I, I for me, I don't want to offend anybody because that's, right. that's the whole point of our shows. We want everyone to play together and have fun. Yeah. But at the same time, am I doing a disservice to the character? I Like if I want to play a character um, that is a jerk, like let's say right. it's the whole dwarf who's racist against elves. Actually, racism is something that's, a, that's an issue today in real yes. life. So is there any benefit of playing that role? Like, do I need to do that? If I right. do need to do it, 
how much of it do I need to do? Can it be more implied? Does that even matter? Uh, so, yeah, so I think that's something else. Like if you're putting a show together, I think those are things that you need to have a conversation with. And if you decide that you want to explore those themes, and that's fine, because I think this is an art form and art needs to sometimes get into some uncomfortable places. It still needs to be handled delicately, delicately or tactfully or just yeah. let people know we are playing this type of game. And in this type of game, it's it's like the the MA warnings at the beginning of Game of Thrones. Right. Like you're going to, there's going to be some nudity, graphic content, graphic content. Yeah. That's what you're going to get here. And if you don't want that totally cool, but don't listen because it's mm. going to be in here. You know, again, it's still, uh, it's about setting expectations, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but getting back to the, the topic at hand specifically, yes. I would like to think that with my experience now that I would be able to handle a, an emotional relationship with a lot more tact and not just use it as that big lever of, oh, no, they're kidnapped. We have to go rescue them right. or you don't get to go on the adventure because you have to stay here with the kids. So um, one thing that uh, Tanner, I, I know, does well is that he establishes a list of like what NPCs are off limits, you know, siblings, family members, uh, potential romantic liaisons. Um, and, you know, that's just that social contract of saying, you know, I won't mess with these characters, that they're safe, you know, you don't have to worry about them being kidnapped or, you know, twisted or some way betrayed, right? So, once again, communication. Yeah. I think that's the, the key point tonight. Yeah, I mean, much like normally it's session zero. Everyone take a drink. Yeah. With all relationships, it comes down to communication, making sure everyone is on the same page. And if there is the chance of miscommunication or miscommunication happens, stop, have a conversation, yep. work it back out. We're all hopefully friends. We, we were when we started. Go get some pizza. Go get some pizza. Know, take a break. Take a break. Uh, and then come back and say, okay, now with some clear hearts and clear minds, this is what I thought was happening. This is what I felt was happening. This is what happens. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's all get back on the same page. It's all make because we're here to have fun. Uh, at the end of the yeah, day, that's the reason exactly. that we're here. I'm trying to think of some specific ways, though, that I could use like a romantic entanglement. Uh, you know, if it's obviously if we have a situation where character A is in a relationship with character B, but then they have a dalliance with an NPC that or that maybe they're required to have a dalliance you know the spy thriller ask you know you're in a committed relationship but you have to go you know flirt and drink and dance with some foreign national to progress your mission right? yes so you, you can have these sort of um relationship moments i guess would be a way to put it uh you know testing the relationship um without actually putting that person in harm's way or threatening them i would say would be yeah again that's just a it's a great role-playing moment uh you know again i i, I refer to DD a lot because that's the game i play most often it's the mm -hmm. game i have the most experience with you know and i always said rules are restricted by nature if you have rules to govern how to role play in my mind that actually limits role playing because if you don't have any rules you can do anything right but without structure nothing it's matters chaos. it's yeah. chaos anyways so you know i'm talking out both sides of my mouth 
But in a game like D&D where there's not rules, there's not necessarily a, a benefit. You don't get points or honor or, you know, anything in particular, how you navigate these relationships. It's just, is this fun at the table? Yeah. You know, are we all going to enjoy watching Michael squirm trying to explain to Brandon, who's in the games, his wife, why he had to flirt with the princess because they were trying to get into the armory. And if everyone's on board and it's a cool scene, we're all having fun, then great. If no one cares about that, then it's going to be like, just skip it over, skip yeah. it over. Just again, yeah. like the magicians, we're going to go, okay, I'm going to go flirt with the princess, cut the scene. Okay. Now we're in the armory. We don't have to go through anything. I, th I think that's about uh, the tone of the game. If it's a serious game, those moments have impact. And if it's a lighter game, obviously, some of those awkward explanations are probably best to be skipped over if they don't serve any purpose to the story. Yeah, I, I think both sides of that. If it's like a, a, a dramatic game, I definitely think they can add. And if it's just a comedy game, like you can yeah. obviously get into some slapstick level situations trying to again the whole dating two people at once you're at, you're, at yeah. the, you're in the same battle same restaurant in the yeah, exactly the restaurant or the mm -hmm. ball and you kind of you have two dates or you know maybe you are a particular sexual orientation and you have to pretend to be the other one for whatever reason because it's a role-playing game and stuff happens yeah. then yeah that could be a fun moment at the table for everybody but only if it's a fun moment for everyone at the table yeah. so Again, communication. I feel like there's a dead horse somewhere, and it's just yeah, it's called communication, and we, we keep beating it. <laughs> All right, so we talked a little bit about sex. Uh, yeah. Talked a little bit about just having relationships. Um, love, love. How do you? It, it's a tough subject because how do you portray love for a character and disassociate the player from the character? I think is a good way to propose this question well i mean because we already talked about having like emotional connections and i think love is just a degree of that true so i don't know that it's separated now i think and that's not really the topic but what has come to my mind and i because i've seen this recently on some facebook posts is the whole i'm dating the dm or uh, someone else is dating the dm and their character always favoritism. seems to get yeah i guess the yeah. loot or you know their character never gets attacked or they Blah, 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 blah. So have you ever had any situation at the table where real life relationships have either been a benefit or a problem? I, I can't say that I have actually had too many of those. And, you know, I've heard enough of the horror stories to kind of know that that sort of setup and that's, you know, those, those situations. But I haven't actually had to encounter anything like them. What about you? Not a whole lot. Uh, my... My wife, who at the time was my girlfriend and fiance, mm -hmm. she's never really had a lot of interest in role playing games. Like it's just not her thing. But there was a time where she wanted to hang out with me because I was playing, you know, regularly, and she wanted to be involved with my life. So she's like, "Okay, I'll play." So See what happens? Yeah. So we we rolled up a character. She all she cared about was rolling a d twenty, and like we would just say, "Roll your d twenty, okay." And like that was pretty much the extent of it. Right. And it. And I would say looking back on it now, that was probably awful for everyone else at the table because everyone else knew how to play. They all came to play. And it basically, we all had to carry along the, the weakest link situation, didn't know how to play her character, didn't know the rules of the game. The only reason she was there was for me. I mean, it's just a drag. Like, I, no. I would hate to be in that situation now as a player, as a DM. Uh, so in that, my only true experience was probably poor. 
Uh, Tanner has a good point. Uh, one-on-one RPGs are a great solution for that type of relationship, and it prevents group problems. Uh, you know, so segregate out. You know, if you want to have a game with your spouse or other, you know, um, there's great RPGs out there for like one-on-one plays. Um, Scarlet Heroes is a great OSR um, one-on-one type RPG that I'm aware of. Uh, I'm sure there are others, but. Um, just run those solo games, you know, have fun and um, try, I guess, not to mix um, your, you know, your game on the side with the main game, I guess is the best way I can put that. <laughs> there, there's an awful innuendo. I'm going to leave yeah, that alone. Uh, but along those same lines, like I'm starting to play games now with my kids. We, we played mm-hmm. a couple sessions of No Thank You Evil. We played one session of 5th Edition D&D. And at some point, I want the wife to start playing with us, but she's going to play in that game with our kids. Like, I don't think she's ever going to join into any other game because she just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But I think for the the kid game, like where we're, I want to make it like a family thing, because right. she's really not going to hold us up any more than the kids are as they're learning anyways. And right. so I think, I think again, separate, but it does make me think, uh, just talk about like a regular game where maybe those relationships are something you do away from the table. Uh, either in a separate session or again through email between sessions between sessions yeah. you know like we, you guys want to have this situation that occurs it's kind of off screen anyways because yeah. you know your two characters go into the bedroom the other characters don't really need to and know if you guys want to do that oh go yeah f- yeah play by post t- text it out i mean you know think yeah. relive your days in chat original chat rooms in college and all the crazy stuff you did there go for it um, but it doesn't have to be something that everyone at the table has to necessarily go through, but it can still change the dynamics of the table where the next time the, the session starts, yeah. you're like, Hey, this character seems to be upset at another character for some reason. And that's a good TV moment. I would say, you know, you cut from the end of one session, something drastic has changed. Now, obviously you can't have five weeks go by in the downtime scene. So. You have to keep it within reason, I would say. But uh, it's a good moment to explore some of those things that you might fade away from, as long as everyone obviously agrees to exploring them. Uh, so I just had a memory of, of actually of a recent experience I had. Um, so, again, I, I said it was melodrama, but again, I don't know if anyone here is familiar with Made Men. It was the first actual play that we started with the, the podcast. Uh, some of the audio quality is just awful, but... I still think it's one of the best games I've ever ran. And um, it it was set up originally as a one shot. Mm -hmm. So I had designed all of the characters for the the players. Like I basically gave them the characters and the backgrounds and all that stuff. And I knew it was going to be a one shot. So I designed it where there was definitely going to be some um, conflict, some secrets and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, Actually, we had... uh, PE 17 something something says hello. I don't recognize that name. So hello. Welcome Welcome to the show. Uh, So I had set up that one of the characters had a girlfriend and another character was sleeping with her. So I had designed this basically this sort of love triangle. triangle. It was supposed to be a one shot, so it didn't really matter. But then we decided to turn it into a campaign because everyone had so much fun. So then we had to keep going with it. And... It that turned, came up again, I would imagine. It, it did, uh, because she ended up becoming pregnant. Uh, and there was a question of whose child was it? Jerry. 
<laughs> so, so yeah, so that was a situation where um, the fact that there was an emotional relationship because one of the characters was in love with her, another was just doing it to be a jerk to the other one because they didn't like each other and they thought it, he thought it would be funny. Um, she had her own reason. She turned out she was actually a double agent spy. <laughs> So that's the reason why she of was course. doing it. Well, I didn't want her not to have any agency. I mean, she wasn't right. just no, a, I understand. right. So she was a, had a reason for why she was doing it, but she also actually loved the other one. So we all hoped that it would be their baby, but unfortunately, we never got to the point where we found out. So uh, I had set up a random determination I was going to roll a die. Never had to. So I still yeah. don't know whose baby it was. Well, uh, speaking of that, we have uh, Fiddleback. Oh, I don't think I've recognized that name before, but uh, hello. Yeah, I know him I assume it's the same one from twitter he runs several podcasts uh gm oh. word of the week is the one that i'm most familiar he does with the angry gm uh assuming that's who you are if so hello welcome to the show yeah take a drink so let's think of some ways that we could utilize um, relationships and games yeah in, in maybe like a DD game so it's not a game that's so designed for that um, I can think of one off the top of my head that already has that mechanic. Dungeon World. Uh, I'm not sure how much you've looked at it. I know you've talked about it. You weren't really I've, too interested I've in it. I played a couple sessions and it, it didn't hit me like it seems to hit a lot of other people. Yeah. Uh, regardless of how you stand on it, there is a mechanic that um, ties group relationships together. It's like, I must ensure that Michael's character receives no harm or you know it sets these sort of relationships up with the other players at character creation so, so like you bonds in fifth edition yeah. sort of uh yeah i actually haven't played i think i played one session of fifth edition okay so uh, i can't say that i, I know it too well a catacon we'll, yes we'll fix that <laughs> i do want to play more <laughs> of it uh it's, i've had other things in my life as of late the other than D. &D. uh but uh yeah uh dungeon world uh, has those relationship goals. Um, what else? Well, let me interrupt you because Ginger Reckoning mm -hmm. has some questions. Um, oh. So they have a question about the other side of the love thing. So not so much about being in a relationship with another player, but dealing with emotional attachments with characters oh. in a game. So say your GM kills off an important NPC that you care about. Someone that you've developed a bond with and, you know, you've had these emotional encounters and ultimately they end up dying for whatever reason. How do you handle those situations? Table flip. <laughs> uh, hmm. You know, I think in, in all things, context matters uh -huh. as well as execution. Yep. yep. If you've read any story, if you've watched any movie or TV show, it happens where beloved characters die. Pass away. Yeah. It could be contract negotiation. It could be a meta thing where that actress yeah. or actor got into another movie and they had to leave. Pregnant. Uh, pregnant. Or it could yeah. just be their character served their purpose. Right. So as the GM, you're trying to facilitate the story you have an NPC that is that is connected to a character. Great. Mm -hmm. You've done a great job because that's not going to happen in a bad game. Right. What is the best way to leverage that relationship? And I talked earlier about the only reason you get an NPC in there is so that you can kill them later. Right. Is killing them the best service to the story? Is it going to cause the best action and outcome and reaction or letting that relationship 
go on? You know, is it something where you don't set them up to die, but you set them up where they could die? And then based on what happens in the game, it, it's, you know, again, you have seven rounds to save them. Sorry, you yeah. took eight and now they're dead. Uh, I think it's got to be fair game. Unless, un- unless, like you said earlier, if it's something you have an agreement with the GM or you say, these are six NPCs, these three are off limits. These right. three do whatever you want to with. Unless it's in that, that category, I think they're free game for the GM to do what you need to do. I think um, Ginger, uh, Amelia's uh, question was more about how do you deal with losing those emotional connections? So, oh. so I think the best way to do with that is that um, take a moment, grieve, just leave the table, take a break, get some fresh air, you know, cry into your pancakes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's the same as any other uh, emotional connection, real or you know, I, I, I've had characters in movies that I got emotional when something happened to them. It's it happens. And again, if you're telling a really good story, that's good. That should be a positive thing. But absolutely give it its due. You know, if, if this is supposed to be a moment where, you know, in your mind, you can see where the, the camera just sort of freezes and it zooms Sorry. in on, you know, you're cradling them in your arms and they reach up in their last breath. They, they caress your face. And they say, I love you. And they die. Don't just be like, all right, next scene. I mean, let no, that you, let that linger breathe. a little bit. Yeah. And then you rip up their character sheet and then. Staple it to a wall. <laughs> burn it. <laughs> Turn around and put a little notch on your, your wall there. There you go. Yeah. That's one way of doing it. Nice. All right. So there's a bunch of chat going through. I'm trying to keep yeah. up with it. But uh, I'm. All right. Um, so have you again let's let's do some real talk here dakota have you ever cried because of the loss of a character or an npc in one of the games and and in game um no i i don't think i've cried but i have been remorseful of a character's death like i i actually missed a character because you know Something happened. The character is no longer in the game, and you have that emotional connection, and it you know it hurts. You've you've made these bonds with somebody, uh, even if they are a fictional character, and you know to no longer have them in quote unquote your life, it it sucks. <laughs> so you 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 just have to go through the grieving process more or less. Uh, what is it? The five steps. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think, I think so. so. Yeah, anger. Confusion, denial, denial, yeah, bargaining, yeah, yep, all that kind of good stuff. <clears throat> so I, I, I don't think I've ever cried, which I'm, I'm not a crier by trade. So it's, it's very uh, the movie Rudy and Remember the Titans will make me ball every time. <laughs> uh, but those are about the only two. Uh, but now that I'm a parent, actually, a lot, a lot of Disney movies seem to get to me now that I have actually have kids. But that's a separate, separate story. But I've, I've had Bang characters me. that I've got upset about. Because of how I felt they were treated at the table by GM Fiat, ah. um, where it wasn't an NPC that I cared about, but I feel like I felt like my PC was treated unfairly. Just be- yeah, just because the the DM wanted something to happen. I know I did that crap before myself, but it, I, I try not to do it now. So when it happens to my characters now, it stands out as oh yeah, you really shouldn't have done that. That's kind of not you know that's. That's kind of stepping over the line of what the purview of the DM um, 
but I can't. You shouldn't be out to attack the. Uh, sorry, it's not players versus the GM. It's players and the GM, right? Well, also, I think you know it's okay to have drastic consequences when mm-hmm. they are a. But it's not an attack on player or right. the GM's part. Right? So, like, if if the DM says there's two doors in front of you, one of them leads to treasure, one of them leads to lava. Mm-hmm. You have to pick. Here's all the information you've been given. You know, it's it's a little more than a 50-50 shot because you should know something that maybe you forgot. Pick a door. And I pick the wrong door. That's kind of on me. Right. But if the DM says you're walking through a tunnel and rocks fall, you die. Th- that I had there was no nothing I did that could have stopped it. There's nothing I did that mm-hmm. caused it. And I think that's where, you know, again, that's just honestly, I think bad DMing, which is a little bit different. Um so there's another question that came up earlier. Hit yeah, hit people guy. Because uh, I've kind of had this before where someone's wanting to do the heroic sacrifice and then someone else is like, oh, wait, no, I have an ability. So you're not actually dead. Have you ever had that happen? Yes. Oh, good. So, Let's talk about yeah. it. Um, it's a lost episode. It was actually the one episode we went back and re-recorded. And I'm, I'm going to pause to let Tanner start screaming if I shouldn't talk about this. Because someone didn't hit record, perhaps? No. Um, we were recorded and we we didn't like how it went. Oh, okay. So, Interesting. I'm going to give him time. So so that might be something we need to uh, bring up in that okay. episode. Okay. Uh, he said it's fine. Okay. So we recorded a session where we got into a, a duel. Uh, a one-on-one match. And this is a kind of bloody duel it's not going well for our duelist and what ultimately happened is we uh, myself and another player were resigned to kind of just sit on the sidelines and watch as our friend is being murdered yeah and you know i felt kind of in that situation like i should be able to do something to intervene you know i might take this loss of honor or you know people might think differently of me but i don't want my friend to die and Things kind of, you know, didn't go well. So we we took a break. We talked about it. We opted to redo everything uh, kind of from the scene before. So and go back through and, you know, um, you know, it's a lesson we learned. And I, I think we, it was better for doing it. You know, it's kind of like we didn't feel the scene that we recorded did the game justice. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I can relate about those experiences. What about you, Michael? Um, and so actually, uh, Ginger Reckoning just said something I was going to talk about was the last save point. Uh, <laughs> this actually came up in a recent uh, message group I was uh, part of that. Um, save scumming. So, I mean, as in a role playing game, like, is there is there a place for save points? And right. I I think maybe I, again, going back session zero, mm-hmm. everyone take a drink. Right. Ding. I think I'm almost out. You can just pretend. Um, yeah. Where's the fun in that? Where, you know, is death on the table or not? Right. Because I, I I can play in games where you're not going to die unless you say, I want my character to die here. You know, right. it's like a TV show, Firefly. Until the mm-hmm. movie came, none of the characters ever died. Right. You, they, you know, they would get in danger and you would feel Names. desperate and whatever, but they were never actually going to die in mm-hmm. the TV show. I'm okay with that being part of the role-playing game as well, but that needs Just to establish be, it. That's that's the type of game that we're playing where the story is the most important thing. 
And if you just have a bad session, because I mean, I know I've had bad sessions as a DM where I'm like, that sucked. Is there anything that says you can't come back next week and go, you know what? Last week didn't happen. You all had some cheese. It was a Scrooge McDuck situation or, you know, Bob Marley, whatever. You had bad dreams. And yeah. you it was all, a premonition of an alternate timeline. Exactly. You all had this weird sort of uh, hallucination. But that doesn't happen. We're going to start over right now. The fun police are not going to show up at your ta- at your house and right. kick your table over. If no. you think that serves your game better, then absolutely yeah. do it. But everyone has to be on the same page because if yeah, there's a couple of people who who want to play more simulist or simulationist, that would probably be like that's terrible. I don't want that to happen, you know. So it depends on your play style and what yeah. the reason why you're playing. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I would feel weird about doing it like without any sort of precedent, right? But again. There's nothing that says you can't do it. Um, but I've, I can't, I know I've had that situation where I, as a character, wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. Right. And then it seemed like everyone else was trying to make to that not happen. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it was all within the rules. It's like, Player well, agency. Can, can I make a saving throw? Can I try to grab them? I want to use a lasso. Wait, I have this spell. And I, I think, again, surprise, communication. If you want to have a heroic moment, just tell everybody at the table. Listen, this is my moment. This is my moment. I am accepting of what's happening here. This is what I want to have happen. Because if it's if they don't know what you're trying to do, then why would they not try to help you? Like the game was designed on cooperation. So if I think you're dying on accident, then I will try and to you, help you. I mean, if your friend is dying, you're going to try and Absolutely. prevent them from dying. And, and an argument could be made that even if I know that's what you're doing, my character still might try to save you. Like you said, your friend was dying and that could create some interesting role play where like I tried to kill myself and you wouldn't let me. It's the Worf effect, right? You know, <laughs> next generation Worf, you know, Worf gets injured. He wants to kill himself. And, you know, you have those moments of like, um, you should have let me die. That uh, was my moment. Um there was another movie. Uh, Forrest Gump came to mind with Lieutenant Dan, though that's not what yeah. I was going for originally. But th- but there's I know there's a movie that that's like the whole premise of someone keeps trying to die heroically and people won't let them. Uh, I can't think of it right now, but I'm pretty sure I saw that. Maybe it was a dream. But <laughs> but but even then, I think it comes down to communication. Yeah. Where it should be okay. I want to die here because this is my moment. This is the end of my story. I would I would be okay with my character I coming can to redeemed. It, like there's there's no reason for this character to continue. It's all boring after this point. Mm-hmm. And use Dakota to say, well, I have a power that I can save you. Do you want me to? Do you want me to? Because do you want to role play out you not having this moment? Because if you do, I'll save you. If you don't, mm-hmm. I won't. And then everyone's on the same page. Everyone's happy. Communicate. Communicate. Why, word we, of the night. Yeah. We, we spent an hour to say, have a conversation before yeah. you start playing the game. Have a conversation while you're playing the game. And by the way, have a conversation after, after the, game the game before yeah. you play next time again. That's what it comes down to. All relationships yeah. are about communication. Yep. <laughs> What a better conversation to have on Valentine's that's, Day of all nights. That's right. Um, so we'll, we've had some questions already, which is great. I love that. I absolutely think that that makes the show so much better. Uh, at this point, we'll open them up officially to any questions. Uh, I know there's a little bit of a delay. So while we're waiting for that to catch up, Dakota, where can people find you on the Internet? 
Um, well, I'm a player, uh, part of Shadow of the Cabal, a RPG podcast that's part of the RPG Academy Network, mm-hmm. um, which is brought to you by the Patreon, the RPG Academy, I believe. Pretty much, yeah. Everything's the RPG Academy. So. Yeah. So um, give Michael money. <laughs> just a uh, little. Just a little. Just a, little. <laughs> just a dollar a day. Yeah. Well, a dollar a day would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So a dollar a month. Okay, sorry. yeah. Uh, but you can find me on uh, Twitter at Punchvestigate. Um, otherwise, yeah, just uh, Shadow of Ball on this, basically. And uh, will you be at a Catacon this year? Yes, hopefully. hopefully. I, I've set it aside. I've booked the uh, the days out. I have to get a flight and hotel rooms. But uh, yeah, I had fun last year. Um, I'm looking forward to this year. Are you doing any other conventions? Uh, I'm going to Chicago in March, but other than that, I'm not doing anything, uh, mostly because everything's, I have to fly because I'm on the West coast and oh. all the major RPG conventions are East coast, mid coast or mid coast and fly, uh, fly over States. Yes. Fly over <laughs> States. That's the correct term. Yes. I'm going to catch flack for that, but, uh, yeah. Um, all right. It's expensive. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm in the flyover state, so uh, yeah. the the few benefits that come from where I live is that I can drive two hours in many directions and get to cool conventions. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will be going to Origins more than likely. It's a long story, but I have a family vacation that butts up against oh. it, so I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, definitely will be at Gen Con, barring tragedy, and then a Catagon. Um, you can find me at the RPG Academy on Twitter and again, anywhere you type in the RPG Academy, if something comes up, it's probably me. If it's not me, tell me, cause I need to talk to someone cause it should be me. All right. So we had a couple questions come through. Uh, <clears throat> one person asked you Dakota specifically, what is the favorite character you're currently playing? Uh, none. Cause I just wrapped up Shadow of the Cabal. So I'm actually not playing any characters currently for any games. Do you have any, uh, like in the back of your mind, like when you create a new character or personality or anything? Uh, or like, what know, would I look forward to playing? Yeah. What, what's uh, on deck for you? See, uh, I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do for our next game. So I, I haven't quite figured that out, but, um, I don't know. I honestly am just kind of looking forward to what's coming. And uh, some future games that I might be playing. So I really, sorry, don't have a good answer to that. How about you, Michael? Do you have anything? Um, well, the only thing I'm playing right now is Army, and we haven't played that in, in months. Uh, Caleb mm-hmm. is now on sabbatical with uh, the baby due in a mere couple Soon. weeks. Uh, so I don't know when we're going to get back to Rot Iron, but I absolutely mm-hmm. love Army. She is an amazing character to play. I love some of the things that we're, we're hinting at. Uh, oh. in that, uh, have not been, they, they've been subtext, but not text. Uh, so I really hope that we can get back to that. Uh, so damage. I, sorry, just, uh, my favorite character prior to us finishing was my character for Shadow of the Cabal. I guess that's the best way to answer that. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, so damage KO asks, so I've had the issue where a player will want their character to, to die because they don't want to play them anymore, but they want it to be a surprise to the other players. How would you handle that? Because it seems to still fall on the sacrifice, but your party won't let you think. Um, write it out on a piece of paper, tape it under their chairs before the game starts, and then tell them to look under their chair. <laughs> um, so I, I think the first thing that comes to mind here is if you know it's coming and the, the player is willing to work with you, because that, that's kind of how this is a player coming to the DM saying, hey, I want to kill my character. Give me a couple sessions 
and let's set this up so it's not just a random you know one goblin pops out sticks you in the shoulder and you die uh, right. And, you know, maybe there's a dream, like we have a, a half a session that's premonition. like premonition. There's a prophecy. You, you you know, you piss off a wizard or something and they curse you. Like, like make it interesting so it's part of the story, but it's still you're going to have to have that moment where it's this is my time. I don't want you to save me. Well, I, I think what uh, she's looking for is like, how do you have that surprise with the other players being all right with it? I think it's that's eating your cake and having it. Yeah. I don't I don't know that you can necessarily do both or, or you can try but then you may get disappointed. If you if you go for the surprise and it works, great. Yeah. But if it doesn't then you have to be like, "Oh, sorry, you didn't actually save me." Or or you save me uh and then my character died in their sleep. Like like you come next session and it's like, "No, my character just died in their sleep for that sleep apnea or something and here's my <laughs> new character." Uh, let's see here. Tanner has a question. What NPC have you had the biggest connection with in a game, and what was the nature of that relationship? Ooh. Uh, so, again, I don't get to play a whole lot, uh, but one of the most recent we're playing Wrought Iron, um, there was um, there was an NPC who was like the, the captain of the Firebrand Guard, who my character had sort of a... Um, a crush on like army isn't overtly um lesbian but there's definitely some curiosity and she definitely had a, an interesting relationship with that character and had feelings that wasn't quite explained yet you know it had not been explored but we left sure. the islands at this point we really don't know where that would go you're exploring yeah we're out we're off in the islands now doing other things not not yeah, yeah. speaking of exploring uh i believe Hit people guy? No, sorry. Uh, P17 had a question. Any advice for a longtime player but first-time DM playing in a pirate-themed 5e game? Um, swashbuckling. This is a favorite of mine. Have the environment be a character in the scene. Have something always kind of going on in a fight with the environment, something the players can interact with. Uh, for example, swinging on ropes, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, things like that. My advice. Yeah. How um, would you? Like, well, you know, what is it about the pirate game that interests everybody to the point that that's what they want to play? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, high seas adventure swashbuckling? Is it finding treasure? Is it, you know, being above Friendship. or outside the law? Exactly. Is it the friends we made along the way? Yeah. And then make sure those things are present in the game. If you want swashbuckling action, like you said, you need to have session zero. Session zero. Everybody take a drink. You're going to give people the opportunity to swing between ships and use cutlasses and, you know, fire, uh, cannons. fire cannons and ram one ship into another ship because that's always a good time. Yeah. If, you know, are they going to be chased by the Royal Navy? Are they uh, privateers? Privateers. Like, make sure those things are there. And it's not just called a pirate game because you're on mm. a ship, but it's a pirate game because you're doing things that fit your idea of piracy. Uh, Hit People Guy asked about fan art. Um, I did have a couple pieces made of uh, for Wrought Iron. Well, one of our um, listeners made a, a action shot of all three of the main characters, which was really I'm going to cool. do some quick shout-outs real quick. Yeah. Um, I've had fan art made um, by, I think, four people. Uh, Roomba-san, uh, Devin Co., or Damage Co., excuse me, uh, Melon, and uh, Peter V. 
those are four great artists, all worth checking out. Great, great art. Uh, we have it somewhere, um, not in a collected place, but all excellent artists. Uh, so uh, Tana Claus jumped in that they there have they ran a pirate game for a long time and mm-hmm. gave a Tumblr where the resources are available. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like Twitch ate the link. So uh, I would contact Tanner on Twitter and hit him up for that. Looks like he rewrote it out. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah, tethsonddnd.tumblr.com. Yep. Um, so uh, Hip People guy was also talking about having characters leave, but they don't actually have to die. Uh, absolute retirement. Retirement, or they become NPCs. Mm-hmm. You know, they could get cursed. They could just give up. Again, maybe they have an emotional relationship. They want to get married and settle down. Fall into a coma. Exactly. Uh, they get a peanut allergy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You don't have to have a character die to leave the party. But I think for most people, that's when you're, you're, you change characters is because one of them died. I don't, I don't know how often you're just like, eh, I want to change my character. Other than maybe you don't like the build and you just want to do something different. You know, um, I think a good way to handle this is like you've had this brush with death and that shakes your character to the core you know it's the closest you've come and you know it makes sense that that character no longer wants to be exposed to those sort of situations so it makes sense to retire a character like that point and you know uh you i could have a see a situation where maybe you didn't have a good session zero i guess in Mm -hmm. that case do we need to spit i don't i don't know what the rule is for (laughs) non-session zeros and um maybe you build a character and then two sessions in you're like this character does not make sense. Or the uh, the GM did a bait and switch on you. Oh, they changed the the style or the the basic premise of the game. So you have a character build or a background that just doesn't work anymore. Or you're not interested right. in exploring. Then yeah, I mean you could just have them walk off a cliff, or you know they could find a way to make them do something else that would be more interesting. Because I'd like to see them come back or as adapt. A, yeah, uh, as a re- reoccurring NPC. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be very interesting where they they stay in the village when, you know, the ogres attack and the mayor was killed. Well, now this village needs a mayor and, you, you know, you're a third level bard. You could probably handle that. Yeah, it's more than probably most NPCs. I still <laughs> love you, Tanner, though. Just that wasn't a shot fired. Awesome. All right. I think that is the last of the questions. Uh, looks like Dangerous Fusion did jump in. Uh, that person's been hanging out with us doing just n- talks and nothing but emojis. I don't know why, but I, it cracks me up. So I, I'm always happy to see them in chat. I don't think I missed. I, I think I missed that. Sorry. I think it's it's coming on YouTube. The, ah, so my yeah. mistake. I didn't have that window open. I, I have the, the combined thing here, uh, but we had very active chat tonight, which I think yeah. I think the entire Shadow of the Cabal uh, podcast was here. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we posted it in our Patreon Discord, and uh, we had some lovely people join us. That's fantastic, though. I'm I'm happy to have them. I I always think the shows go so much better uh, when that happens. So, any last words before we sign off tonight, Dakota? Uh, I'm just going to plug our Patreon patreon.com slash SOTC pod. Um, you can join us, have fun conversations, uh, interact with us and our small community of wonderful, wonderful people. Very, very cool. Uh, as for ourselves, most Tuesday nights, we've been live streaming board games. Uh, next week, we're getting back to playing our RPG. So there will not be a live stream on Tuesday, but we live stream almost every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, sometimes we do show and tell sometimes we do faculty meetings sometimes we do detention but uh Mm -hmm. we're going to try to be here every wednesday nine o'clock i hope you'll come join us uh again i have this awesome book that i'm going to spend some time looking through and 
I might find a way to incorporate this with our May 18th, 19th, and 20th situation. I'm just just going to leave that hanging. And then lastly, I want to thank again our sponsor for tonight, Quiver Time. If you go to conventions or game stores or tournaments and need stuff to carry cards, it's absolutely an awesome way to do it. (laughs) So that will be it for me. So we'll do the awkward wave out. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Yay. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.